Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. Here with my co-expert, Kevin Henry, out in Colorado. Kevin, how are you? You know, I, I'm looking at you through the smoke, my friend. Uh, we're hoping this uh, wildfire smoke gets out of here soon, uh, much like the Rockies have hit the road to Houston and San Francisco. Same thing. Yeah, it will be an interesting road trip, considering the two opponents that they are facing, also too, at sea level. But we will talk more about that in a moment. But first, a word from Mr. Kevin Henry. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, where the Rockies are playing, by the way. Do we have a grooming problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20. For your out-of-world experience, look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but also in Canada, the United Kingdom, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and yes, even Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. And thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the, uh, the podcast. And there is not a better ad reader than Mr. Kevin Henry. I have a face for radio, my friend. That's all I say. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> It is all good. I am excited. Uh, you know, this this could be, Noah, the first road trip I've really looked forward to for the Rockies after them playing so well against the Cubs and Marlins this weekend, or this week, I should say, at Coors. What happens next against two really good teams on the road? And first off, I, I do want to say for the Marlins series on our last podcast, I said something to watch out for. It'll be the Marlins and their pitching staff. How would they hold up at Coors Field? Narrator says they did not hold up at all. Oof. That was brew to the towel, my friend. It was. Yeah. I mean, there's bad. There's Coors bad. And then there's, holy crap, what was that? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was sitting next to our friend Manny Randall from MLB.com, who got the pleasure of covering the Marlins for those three games. And poor Manny, trying to find some positives in there, especially whenever it comes to any Marlins and pitching. Uh, that was rough for him, no doubt. Hey, I mean, at least they did score some runs on Sunday. But otherwise, there wasn't much going there for them, especially since their manager, Don Mattingly, was out of the series as well. 
And, and Manny did have an ejection. So that's true. That's a really good point. And it was, um, you know, if you're a Marlins fan and God bless our friends at Marlin Maniac, now they go from Colorado to San Diego to get a hold of the Padres. Uh, so that's that's a pretty rough road trip in and of itself for them. Yeah, and the Rockies later this year, they, they won't be going to Miami, but they'll be going east in a three-city road trip themselves. So, that, yeah, that will be another road trip to look at. But one of the biggest stories from this series, and perhaps one of the biggest stories of the last month or so, has been C.J. Crone. In the series, he had a total of 13 RBI, four homers. He hit 600. He was six for 10, the 692 on base and a 1900 slugging percentage. Now, obviously that very small sample size, three games, but do you want to guess what those four homers and 13 RBI are equivalent to in a 162 game season? Oh, tell me, Noah, tell me. 216 homers, 702 RBI. Love the extrapolation. Well done. (laughs) Love it. So for CJ Crone in general, he's been performing really well here in the last month or so. As if you look uh, back to July 2nd through this weekend, he's had seven homers, 28 RBI. That's equivalent to 42 homers and 168 RBI in a season. And that's in 27 games. Um, he's hit 276 with a 407 on base, a 575 slugging, and he's walked 14 times in that amount. That's why that on base percentage is so high. But yeah, he's been well, there's a reason why when we were talking trade rumors in July, his trade market was really going up. The Rockies decided not to trade him, but since they're keeping them, they could even be considering keeping him for the 2022 season. Yeah, that's that's something that has really perked my ears since the trade deadline and then him playing so well against the Cubs and the Marlins is the fact that maybe, just maybe, the Rockies had some other plan and that maybe this is a guy that they can look at in 2022 I don't think he's a long-term solution, obviously, because of his age and because of who's coming up in the minors behind him. But maybe the Rockies said, you know what? This is a guy who could be that power guy for a year or two, and it would be better for us to hang on to him than maybe deal him off for some prospect that you don't know what's coming. And also, too, with him, and we were talking about this when we were texting earlier this week, uh, actually, I should since it's Monday last week, um, was his salary. He's only making a million dollars this year. Yep. So being a cheap option as well, as well as that veteran leadership. I mean, next year, obviously, he'll probably probably be making more. But the thing is, too, is, I mean, he's not going to be making 30 million next year. No, and and I think the Rockies are going to be able to get him for an affordable price tag. You know, let's be honest. We've talked about what the salary structure is going to look like for the Rockies next year. It's going to be lower. We know that they are going to have money to spend. Uh, And Crone is probably going to be a guy that he likes Bud Black. He likes Colorado. So he could say, you know what? I'm more than happy to play here. And, you know, let's, let's use the whole Coors thing as well. If he can be a guy who can hit at altitude half the games, 
And he's also, you know, if you look at stats, his defense has actually picked up during the same time span as well. Uh, you know, so it's it's been really interesting to see C.J. Crone kind of blossom into that guy that what if they would have had him two or three years ago during those uh, postseason runs instead of, a, a oh, I'm just thinking Ian Desmond or somebody like that. Yeah. And also, too, I'm going to toot my own horn again on this. <laughs> In the end of the 2018 season, uh, it might have even been 2017. I think it was 2018, though. I had an article on the site saying, hey, they should sign C.J. Crone. Yep. They didn't, but they did later. And he's been, he's done really well. Part of it is for him, like you mentioned, that relationship with Bud Black, because he was with the Angels in 2016 when Bud Black was a special assistant. But also, too, he has a relationship with the Rockies. And that was before he played, because his father, Chris Crone, who's now a coach with the Diamondbacks, he was the Rockies AAA manager from 2000 to 2002. That's when CJ Crone was 10 to 12 years old. So obviously he has some experience, even as a kid, just hanging, hanging around Rockies people and all of that. And just being around baseball clubhouses, essentially all of his life. Um, so there was, there was multiple connections there. And as, as we all know, it's the connections that you make, especially in baseball, when there's so many people. I mean, look at the Rockies front office, for example. Bud Black used to be in the Indians organization. And he was a pitcher and a minor league coach and a special assistant there when Dan O'Dowd was the assistant GM. Yep. And Bill Schmidt was the scouting director. And you have other guys as well that, I mean, even you look at Jack Corrigan the radio voice of the Rockies before he was with the Rockies, he was with Cleveland. Absolutely. So there's, there's a lot of different connections there, especially with the Cleveland franchise. Um, so it's a lot of part of it is what, you know, but a lot of it is who, you know. And, and I think the, who, you know, is going to factor into next year because I can absolutely see the Rockies and CJ working something out next year. Uh, and I think that if that happens and if story leaves, which is almost a foregone conclusion at this point, you can almost look at what the Rockies infield is going to look like next year right now, including the battery uh, with Diaz um, at, behind the plate. The only question is going to be, can Colton Welker take over at third? You know, and, and I will give you props for this because I was still thinking Mac at third and them signing a second baseman. You reminded me about Welker. Uh, so, you know, if Welker can rise up, be that third baseman, you've got Rogers at short, Mac goes back over to second, Crone at first, that's not a bad infield. Yeah. And the thing with that will be a major point to look at this offseason is the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement because you could have a lot of changes that could impact the Rockies. Today, there was news from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic that MLB is looking at having 14 teams be in the playoffs. So if you're expanding the playoffs by four teams, not to mention, now this is completely personal opinion, but it's based on what I've seen and what we saw last year. I think the DH is coming to the National League. So then in that instance, the Rockies need another bat. 
what they can do, at least in my opinion, what is most logical is you either DH Charlie Blackman or you sign somebody that can be that outfielder slash DH. And we, we all know that Charlie Blackman does not want to be a full-time DH. So what you could do is kind of interchange them and have Charlie Blackman be in right field half the games and DH the other half and whoever the other guy is can flip turns and kind of have a platoon that way. Um, So, but yeah, uh, there's, there's plenty of free agent options on the market. And I mean, there's who knows, we might see some player break out in the next 50 games that the Rockies have that they decide oh, we want to put them there. I mean, who knows? If, if Sam Hilliard hits 400 for the rest of the year, the Rockies really don't need another outfielder. Or if perhaps in the infield, if you've got Garrett Hampson that breaks out, okay, you put McMahon at third and Hampson can stay at second. So that, that'll be interesting to see here in the next 50 games what happens and how some of these players develop. And that's why... If you're listening to this, you're paying attention somewhat to the team. Um, so that's, that's part of the reason why these next 50 games are so important is just to see, okay, who's in our, uh, who's in the picture frame next year. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about some of those goals, some of those things for the next 50 games right after the break here on the rocks pile Rockies report and Kevin Henry, uh, one of the site experts for rockspile.com back with my friend and fellow co-expert Noah Yingling. And Noah, we were talking about the break, uh, before the break, I should say, about that 50 games. And starting on Tuesday, the Rockies have exactly 50 games to go in the season, which seems crazy that we are at that point, but here we are. And you wrote the article. We've referenced it numerous times before the season about how this was the most important season in Rockies franchise history. And I think these 50 games are critically important to see what a Connor Joe can really bring, what a Sam Hilliard, what a Garrett Hampson. And I'm sorry, I'm even going to say this, what a Rymel Tapia can really bring the rest of the season. Uh, I think that there are very few guys that you can pinpoint on this team and say they're for sure in their spot next year. Right now, at least offensively, I think the guys that are definitely in there are Rogers, Blackman, Mac, and Diaz. Yep. And that, that's about it. I mean, Crone obviously could sign, but he's still going to be a free agent. Uh, Hilliard, we don't know. Tapia, we really don't know. Mind you, Tapia's out of options as well. Um, story is good as is as good as gone. You don't know with Don Nunez because his bat really hasn't developed. Um, Connor Joe, we haven't really seen a ton of him at the major league level. He's played well, but we just haven't seen enough of him yet. Daza was playing well, but again, he was out with COVID and then he's been kind of relegated to the bench. Garrett Hampton hasn't played well. So, I mean, there's other guys like Fuentes. Is he going to be up at the major league level? Trejo. Greg Bird, do we even see him in a Rockies uniform anymore? Because he hasn't been called up yet. Um, I mean, there's got, and then there's younger prospects like Ryan Belade, but then do they start the season in Albuquerque or do they make the team out of uh, 
out of uh, spring training. You know, and one thing that we were talking about in the press box yesterday um, that is different about this season is, you know, in the past we've had September and we've always looked forward to it because the roster really blows up. That's not the case this year. It's not like you can call up a ton of guys. I believe 28 uh, is your – I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's your limit. So if that's the case, you're really looking at maybe just a couple of extra slots coming up from an Albuquerque or, you know, somewhere else if some miracle were to happen. But you're not going to get a lot of guys getting a lot of pro looks in in September like you have in the past. And if the Rockies really want to give the rookies a look, there's going to be a lot of guys that have some major league service time that aren't going to be getting a major league look. Ryan Castellani, Derek Rodriguez, uh, Zach Roscup, Pyro Diaz. Uh, Chris Russin is not going to be in that picture. I mean, and you also have to consider injuries and suspensions, like with Welker. Welker would probably be one of those guys if he wasn't out for 80 games. Ryan Rollison would probably be one of those guys if he hadn't been out for an extended period of time. So do you go with uh, somebody that you haven't seen pitch the major league level, like a Jack Weinkoop, who was on the taxi squad when the team was in Seattle and Milwaukee, but he wasn't activated. So do you see him? Do you see some of the quote-unquote lesser service time players like Antonio Santos, Jose Mujica, uh, Rio Ruiz? Well, Ruiz has a little bit more, but Alan Trejo, do you see another catcher like Robago, Servin? They've both been on the taxi squad this year. And that's that's gonna be one of the problems the Rockies will have to have uh here in a few weeks. And the thing is, I mean, we all know that their depth is at least on paper does not look good, but they need to see what their depth is by oh, can a Chris Robago call a great game in the major leagues. Okay. Then, and can his, uh, can his uh, bat develop in the major league level? If it can, okay, maybe he can help out Diaz next year and maybe Dom Nunez isn't in the picture. And that that's, that's part of the reason why it's just so huge. These next 50 games. Yeah. And, and one thing that you and I have talked about offline, and I want to make sure that we, we say on here so we can say, told you so is, one of the news items that came out last week was that Chris Owings is done for the season. Uh, he's had a pin put in that uh, that thumb. He is not going to be back this year. Right now, he has not yet been moved to the 60-day DL, which means he is taking up a roster spot. Correct. So they are going to move him likely this week. Uh, my guess would be while the team is Houston is in Houston. And do not be surprised if somebody like a Taylor Motter gets a call up or somebody who is not, you know, you're going to be surprised. They're not even the 40 man. Don't be surprised if something like that happens. Uh, but, but owing spot and what they do with that on the 40 man roster, I'm really, really keeping an eye on. And the thing with Owings too, is I'll be interested to see how they deal with him in the off season, because he's one of, I think you could qualify him as one of those quote unquote organizational guys. Bud loves Um, him. Absolutely. And I mean, they they've had plenty in the last few years, Chris Russin. There's a reason why he's in Albuquerque. 
He hasn't pitched well. Doesn't really have anything left. That's totally my opinion. But um, there's a reason why he's down there. Um, Drew Butera was one of those guys. Well, and don't forget who's a triple-A catcher right now, Dustin Garneau. Bingo. Don't don't forget that. Yep. So, um, Chris Owings, I mean, this year he played well. He's just been injured. Last year, it didn't play quite as well, but he was injured. So, what do the Rockies do? We know they love veteran leadership, which he has, and they love their versatility, which he has. So, in other words, don't be surprised if when uh, camp starts in late February, you see a non-roster invite by the name of Chris Owens. Oh, I agree with that completely. I, I think you're exactly right. And what you just described right there is one of the reasons why I do think Taylor Motter is going to get a call up at some point. Yeah. Versatility, guy who has major league experience, guy who's been crushing it in Albuquerque. And make sure you catch our podcast with him where we talk to him uh, during our visit to the isotopes. But it's not going to surprise me at all. And and Noah, you know, one thing that I'm watching is Sunday night, he got a late scratch out of the isotopes lineup. I'm just saying. Well, my, my, my. Just throwing that out there. You know, but but I think there's there's a lot of storylines that we're going to be looking at out of this road trip coming up. Houston, San Francisco, two really good teams, two really good teams that the Rockies are going to be playing after, as you said, a week at altitude. You know, are they going to be able to continue what they've done on the road lately? And let's be honest, they they performed decent on the road lately, although it's been at the expense of the Padres primarily. Yeah, but yeah. can they can they keep that up at, at Minute Maid and uh, whatever they're calling San Francisco's ballpark this week? Well, and the thing is too, I mean, with the it's it, for the Rockies, it's not like they're facing the Diamondbacks on the road because they're the second highest team in elevation, and they stick. I mean, they're just god off. Yeah, I, I I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you that is something I was dead wrong on this year prediction wise. I don't think they'd be good, but I don't think anybody thought they'd be this bad. I mean, whoa. I mean, this is one of the worst teams in the last two decades of baseball. I mean, you're talking 03 Tigers area because I believe the Diamondbacks are 35 and 77 or some god-awful number like that. And, I mean, you're you're talking the 40-win area. For the high 40s, it's like, holy crap. Yeah, that's not a very good team. And, and the Rockies always do best there on the road. But they faced the Padres on the road. Yep. And they were decent. At sea level, hell of a lot better team. And the Padres ended up letting the, ended up having the Rockies beat them a few times. Um, so, but we'll see how it is in San Francisco. The Rockies never do well in San Francisco. Um, and then we'll see how it is in Houston as well. Um, so, yeah, that will be, uh, and I actually, it's Houston and then San Francisco. Um, now, one of those weird two game series in Houston followed by four in San Francisco. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and then just looking ahead, then they come back. Uh, they will have the Padres and the Diamondbacks both at Coors Field before they head to Wrigley Field to face the Chicago Cubs. 
and Noah and I will be there. Just going to tell you that right now, folks. So uh, we will be uh, traveling with the team to to Wrigley, uh, and then uh, we'll we'll let the rest of the schedule play itself out at the moment. But uh, so, what's one thing that you're watching? This the let's play this game again, like we did last time. What's one thing you're watching on the road trip? I will actually be looking at the Rockies bullpen. Yep. Um, and I will be looking at them a lot too. And what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, how they develop in the next 50 games, got a lot of young guys out there. I mean, who knows if Shasin's going to be back next year, but I mean, outside of him, Bard, Estevez and Stevenson, none of them had more than two years of service time entering this year. I believe Tyler Kinley was right at two years. Um, but Ben Bowden. Lucas Gilbreth, Ashton Goudeau, um, Yancy Almonte, since he's just returned. Um, I'll be looking to see if they can hold things up. Um, they, As long as the Rockies starting pitching can pitch well on the road, which hasn't been a foregone conclusion this year, okay. but they are at full health, which they have not had much this year. Exactly. Um, and that's part of the depth issue that we were talking about where you got five great starters there, but who's your sixth guy? Your right. sixth guy shouldn't be whoever they've been throwing out there, whether it's Chi Chi or Shasin or um, he hasn't had one yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was an injury that Ashton Gudo gets a start. He hasn't, he hasn't shown enough yet. Um, Antonio Santos has been a reliever, but I mean, still the, the depth isn't there No. So when they do have the full five, that it's something that should be a strength, especially on the road, but this year it hasn't. So that's why I'll be, I'll be looking at the bullpen and then, um, I'll be interested to see with CJ Crone. Yep. Can he keep his tear at the plate going in San Francisco? Yep. No, it's uh, that's definitely something. Uh, definitely not a hitter's park per se. No. Uh, yeah, but like you mentioned earlier, CJ's also been getting on base, which has been a key. So if he can yeah. contribute that way, hey, good for him. Uh, I'm going to throw out. I'm watching what's going on in left and center field uh, for the Rockies. Uh, we know that uh, as we record this on Monday. Uh, Rymel Tapia, we haven't heard anything additional about him. Uh, Bud Black said that they were going to do scans on his toe uh, whenever he got to Houston, uh, which conceivably they've either done or will do on Tuesday. So we should have some more information on Tapia and if he's going to be available to lead off for the Rockies and play in left. He certainly didn't look like himself uh, Sunday before getting pulled in the uh, uh, bottom of the first inning. One thing that... Uh, has been very interesting to me. Obviously, Connor Joe has really uh, come on. Uh, Connor Joe had one heck of a homestand, uh, you know, and, and we know the Rockies fans do love them some Connor Joe. Can Connor Joe establish himself in left field? Can he continue his hot hitting on the road? And then what will the Rockies do in center? It feels like they want Sam Hilliard to take it over, but they also have, as you mentioned, Daza. They have Hampson. They have other guys that they need to get some playing time for. 
So will they give Hilliard the primary playing time and everybody else fill in? Or will a guy like Adaza catch fire and all of a sudden he'll be your center fielder? Yeah. So, And there's two other things I'd be remiss on mentioning as well. First off, Brendan Rodgers, I'll be interested to see how he continues because he has the 14-game hitting streak. Yep. He's hitting 362 in that streak with a 1076 OPS. Coming, um, off, coming off getting hit in the hand, so we'll yeah. see how that goes. Yep. And then also the other thing, too, is, and it reminded me because you mentioned Hampson, is where do they play him? Because he has been seeing some action at third base. Yes. Now, that was something that was uh, that we, we didn't report on because we didn't have hard fact on it, um, but we actually saw it in Milwaukee. He was taking ground balls at third base. And we asked Bud Black, uh, Thomas Harding did actually, and Bud really wasn't really willing to say anything then. But um, of what I saw with my two eyes, he was taking 50% ground balls at third base, 40% were at shortstop, and 10% were at second base when he was taking infield. So um, he's gotten the most action at second base, but um, that could have been just trying to work on shortstop and try to add another position in third base. Um, they, the Rockies have used him at third base now. Um, so that's perhaps another position where he can provide them with some uh, versatility. But the thing is with him is, is his back going to develop? And that, that's the problem for him right now. I, I agree. I, I think they love Garrett Hampson as a, a player. They love his speed, but it's a matter of will he get on base to be able to be that weapon. I think that's the biggest thing. His last 19 games, that is since July 17th, he's hitting 146. Yeah, and it's hard to have him in the lineup consistently knowing that uh, that's very inconsistent at the plate. So. Exactly. Yep. Well, Noah, uh, it's going to be an interesting homestand, or I should say road trip, before the homestand coming up. So I'm sure we will have some thoughts as the road trip evolves. Uh, Certainly, you can catch uh, brand new stuff every day on rockspile.com. Don't forget that. And we will try to remain some of the sane people on the twitter.com if you want to follow us at rockspilefs. And... We will always have stuff. What was that? And I'm going to leave it at that. After the Twitter.com, I'm going to leave it at that. Well, I was going to say with the site, we we're at what probably three years, if not more, of having at least one article on the site every single day. Every day. So if you want fresh Rockies content, you want some hot takes, come our way. We would love to have you. Noah, any final thoughts, my friend, before we uh, wrap this edition up? I do not have any other than the stuff I already said. Th- those are my final yeah. thoughts, Rogers. And okay, those, those are good final thoughts. And I'm going to be watching Rogers as well. Like I said, that hand injury. Uh, if you caught any of the telecast yesterday, Rogers was wearing kind of a supportive, uh, I'm not going to say cast, but like a, a black sheath on his uh, hand. Uh, so we'll see how he looks. Tuesday in Houston. But until then, Kevin Henry, uh, one of the site experts for rockspile.com, for my partner, friend, co-expert, Noah Yingling, signing off. And as always, go Rockies. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.